0: This is the Bittersweet and Twisted Records Podcast, Vince and Bobby. I'm Vince. And I'm Bobby. And we are here yet again with another episode. Yes, welcome back. And this time we're actually sticking to schedule. Yes. Two episodes <laughs> in a row. The only a week Woo-hoo! apart. Instead of months apart. Yes. Um first thing, uh last episode. I had said that our Q&A episode was our third most listened to one. Uh-huh. Well, since then, it's now our second most listened to episode.
1: Wow. You guys like questions and answers.
0: Apparently, you just like listening to us prattle on about what we're <laughs> listening to.
1: That's true, which is good. That means you are enjoying music as well and like listening to our voices, hopefully. Yeah.
0: So, if you want um, to ask us questions... Feel free to send them more in.
1: Please. You know, I
0: like them. You can do it, you know, through Facebook or the Instagram mm-hmm. or send us an email at com. Yes. It's a long email address. It is. But. So check it, your spelling. Yeah. Don't, <laughs> m- don't miss any letters. <laughs> and also want to uh, mention that on Apple Podcasts, mm-hmm. we have a rating. Yeah, four and a half out of five stars. Boop, and it's not just one person who left the review.
1: I know, so thank multiple you. people. I know you great listeners who have given us those review. And I that, love it.
0: That would be great. Hold on, don't you don't, stop it, Kitty Cat Trouble? All right, Luke go over there. Um, so if you're listening to us on one of the other platforms like Spotify or Stitcher or mm-hmm. wherever else we're at. Which you can all see at BittersweetTwistedRecords dot um, Leave us reviews, yeah, only good let ones us know, though. Please. Don't, don't be a dick and yeah. say some shitty stuff. Be yeah, <laughs> good.
1: Let us know, and you know, and also let us know about um, you know any other um, musical groups that you think that we should um, talk about.
0: Yeah, because this is going to be the second part of our four part Andy Sex yes. Gang series based around interviews that i did with my friend kieran back in 2002 in london yes so it's a 20 it's the 20th anniversary of those interviews and also the 40th anniversary of andy sex and his band sexing children yes and if you don't know who that is stop listening right now stop right now go back to our i just thought about in the meatloaf song when um Stop
2: right now. Yeah.
0: Before we go any further. Me. Um anyway. Do you need
1: which we me? did talk about
0: that Meatloaf album in I think it was our I first so episode happy was there, for it was the
1: rest of my
0: life. No 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 copyright, yeah, don't get in there. Yep. I think um, it was our first episode. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You can listen to that too. But anyway, before I got distracted <laughs> go back, listen to the previous episode. We get a little bit of a history of Andy before we go into part one of the interview. Uh huh. So I don't wanna take up a lot of time regurgitating that stuff, so yes. you can just go back and check out the previous episode, listen to that, and then, then, come come in, come back. then come back here and pick up where we're left off.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um,
0: We have been buying a lot of records lately.
1: We have, we have. And
0: as many records that we have been buying, we have been passing up a lot of records because we're not made of money.
1: No, we're not.
0: Unfortunately. Mm.
1: But if you want to support us making money, go over to our store and see what records we've been picking up and finding in our digs and our hunts. Mm -hmm. And that, um, of course, we try to um, turn that over to people out there who want to purchase them. And um, hopefully you'll like what we have Mm -hmm. in our store. But it's always changing. It's constantly revolving because, believe it or not, we just... Has so sold so many records, we didn't even realize I, how many we I sold last month. I was shocked
0: at how many records we sold last month. So we've got a lot more coming up. A lot um, more coming up. Um, I, this week I'll be listening a bunch. Um,
1: yeah, not not, not necessarily records either. We got we, we um, got some CDs. CDs got
0: a lot of CDs been putting up. I mean, we're gonna have some more coming up. If you if you like um country, holy shit, we got a bunch of country CDs coming up in the next there month. There you go. But I gotta get. But, but a lot of the stuff we've been finding, a lot of the record I want to go through, test uh, a bunch yeah. of them, make sure they play, clean them up. Don't want, I'm, my, we're not those people who sell mm-hmm. you um, shit that's filthy. It was just found in a basement.
1: Or you never listen to it to, to know yeah. how it plays. Or
0: it's scratched to hell and charging premium price for it.
1: No, we are not.
0: Which happened to you when you got a T Rex record off eBay?
1: Yes. <sighs> we won't talk about that because no. I have since found.
0: We have found three copies. Three copy. copies that are all in, in better the, condition. All in the same week.
1: All in the same week. We've we actually
0: we yeah. already sold one of them.
1: Oh, okay, great. Because we had
0: found three of that one week. We found fa- yes. one for the collection,
1: mm-hmm.
0: sold one, and we still have another one I have to test. I mean, the cover isn't that great, so when if it plays, the, it'll be listed a, a, accordingly price. Yeah, Because, yeah. I mean, but, um, yeah, the one we sold, it wasn't first pressing. It was a it 75 was not, repress. But right. anyway, yeah. it was Electric Warrior if you're looking, wondering which
1: one, and hopefully you're a T-Rex fan.
0: Um, I mean, we're going to go into something in a second. Though. I lost my train of thought. Um,
1: all the records we've been finding. Yeah, and all the records we
0: find. I mean, finding a lot of great stuff. A uh, lot of great stuff. Unfortunately, a lot of it's going into the collection.
1: Yeah, I mean I mean, yay for us. Yeah. But boo for our wallets. Yeah. Um, we kinda try to like to, you know, even the score by finding stuff to yeah. get back out there to um, everyone. But
0: We yeah, we got like I said, we got a bunch of stuff coming up, stuff we gotta test. Um
1: It's getting warmer out there, so you don't know. give up. No. Oh no, I'm no. not saying, I'm just saying it's getting warmer out there, so there's yard sales yeah. everywhere. All People, right, I, thought I
0: thought you might give up a honey but. oh
1: no absolutely not
0: but you know we need to get out the yard sales
1: yeah we do but, but everybody's selling so which makes but us someone happy.
0: someone likes to sleep late on weekends
1: i i mean i like to sleep late
0: every day if you can monday
1: through sunday yeah. <laughs> but <laughs>
0: but we didn't get out this weekend um early
1: well you did make it out and went hunting yeah
0: did i go out yesterday you did I don't. No, that was Friday.
1: Friday? Well, that was this weekend.
0: Yeah, I kept. Thinking, I I didn't do any. I didn't go any hunting yesterday.
1: No, but Friday. Because I had
0: to go to the post office and mail a bunch of stuff that people bought.
1: Yes, thank and you. And you go, hey, where
0: do we buy these great records? You can buy them at bittersweetandtwistedrecords.com.
1: Yes, you can.
0: Um, but another big thing that happened this week. Hold on, feel a burp coming. Hold on. Keep um, talking, Bobby. Cover me.
1: Um, he's probably going to talk about that. It was my birthday.
0: Hey, you know what? You can only turned 27 twice.
1: Ha <laughs> ha. That's right. So it was my birthday and I worked all day, but that still didn't stop someone, a.k.a. Vincent, mm-hmm. from finding me some great albums uh, for my collection, which I was very happy about.
0: Then I started squirreling these away yeah. back in February.
1: And I don't know how you've, Held on to it. I can't hold on to anything. You see, I bought you stuff and yeah. the whole I feel, I feel like I, I, feel like I
0: gave weddings. you one thing though. Weddings.
1: Birthdays. Yeah.
0: What? <laughs> weddings? I
1: don't know. I was saying you bought me things for.
0: For what? Who, who'd, then you, I was like, who'd you get married Who'd you get
1: married to? I meant birthdays and I, yeah. I stored stuff away for you, but I couldn't hold on to it. I gave it to you because you had a crappy day.
0: For Bobby's second 27th birthday. Yes,
1: for my second 27th. I got her some
0: records and she's going to tell you what yeah, she got. Yeah.
1: Um, so. He got me um, the Runaways' their um, debut album, which I was very happy about that, and it's in wonderful condition. I'm we are both one of those people that enjoys original pressings over reissues. reissues, So,
0: because a lot of times you don't know the source for the reissue, especially if it was if Universal owned the masters because about was it ten years ago? So they had a big warehouse fire. Mm -hmm lots of masters were destroyed yeah so when they say something's oh digitally remastered from what it's like from what
1: yeah where was not that? the original yeah. tapes
0: because they're gone
1: that's right and so you gotta remember that kiddos if you're young yeah. and out there and don't you, know about this um, if
0: you google the universal music's uh, warehouse fire you'll find a list of all the bands that had their master recordings destroyed
1: yeah so on that note so all the ones that i um vince found for me I believe all of them. Well, this one might be a second pressing. No, that's a first is pressing. Is that a first pressing?
2: Yeah.
1: Okay, so I believe they're all first pressings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, which is makes me happy, makes my heart happy. So, a lot of times, you as you know, if you're hunters out there, it's not always the easiest to find first pressings in great shape, especially if you like the older music, like, I mean, we do. Um, and specifically, if you go back any further in the 70s, you're, it's going to be hard to find them without a lot of marks on it. So my run, Runaways, still it's in pretty great condition for oh, which, the year. Now, oh, which
0: one is that one? That's the debut. Okay.
1: And, um, you know, a little bit of wear on it, but I like that. I think it gives it character, kind of like an old house. So I was very happy with that. I'm excited. have yet to listen to it. But we did listen to one of the records that you got me mm-hmm. for my birthday, which we you had heard us mention about T-Rex. I'm a huge T-Rex Mark Bolan fan. So he got me the two-record set of The Main Man by Mark Bolan, and it still has the original shrink on it, yeah. which is super cool.
0: It's a UK pressing. A
1: UK pressing, and it has the
0: little sticker on the back from yeah the importer the importer
1: you... right so it's a it looks i mean it looks like it's in great shape
0: yeah we were just listening we were just to... listening
1: to it's great albums uh, just
0: yeah if you're not in the like mark bone and t-rex you need to rectify that
1: oh please do um i've really kind of got into them in the last couple of years just yeah. uh, loving him um that sound and it's just great Um, But anyway, and hopefully, hopefully I'm in my head. I'm going to be doing um, probably like maybe a couple. um, One or two
0: part. One or two part
1: series about Mark Boland. Just um, like to do a little more digging and reading up on him so I can give everybody um, some good details in the discussion. But um, yeah, so we got Mark Boland, which sounds awesome. Sounds great. Um, Then the next one was The Runaways, Queens of Noise, which is a pretty popular one that you see a lot of times Yeah, there's a great issue with that one. Yeah. yeah, So this is the original issue. It's in awesome condition and all the ladies and their lovely feather hairdos. Um, But good stuff. Happy to hear. Can't wait to hear that one. Then a little bit of newer... Newer, newer, as in thirty-year-old stuff. Yeah, <laughs> a little newer, not as old as the Runaways. <laughs> but... Ow, he's coughing, but yet he has a headache, so that makes yeah. it work.
0: <laughs> yeah, it made my head shake when I coughed. Um, God, I hope it's not COVID. Oh,
1: I hope it's not the vid. Hmm. But he got me a Sonic Youth, the Oz '93 Tour Edition album. Yeah,
0: the song. It's, it's, it's the um. Whores moaning. Yes, horse
1: moaning. So I'm very excited about that. Um, it's in beautiful condition. And evidently the artwork that's on the back was from Kurt Cobain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, yes, yeah, so I'm excited to listen to that. It did. It's
0: on blue vinyl.
1: I didn't even realize that. Did yeah. I realize that? Yeah, I showed you that. Oh, yeah, so it is on blue vinyl.
0: But on the back. Yes. There's a boo-boo. Because It's boo-boo. got some covers on it, and they covered New York Dolls' personality crisis. Yeah. Um, and they also covered Alice Cooper's Is It My Body? Mm-hmm. But on the back, they're credited as the songwriters on the back.
1: Uh-oh. But
0: on the vinyl itself, it right. Alice Cooper. Oh, basically. they actually correct, mm-hmm.
1: correct it. But yeah. So I, I love Sonic Youth. It just reminds me of my teen days. And then, last but not least, was the X album as See How We Are which also is featuring the 4th of July. And it has its original little hype stickers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I'm excited to listen to that. All of these have their pictures on the back of the album. Well, most of them do. I don't think Sonic Sonic Youth does not. Unless
0: they have the current artwork.
1: Yeah, but they all have their photos on them. So Mm. it's funny just to look at them. Look at everybody. how everybody looked.
0: How everyone's aged.
1: Aged. Yes. So anyway, so that was yeah. my gifts that I got, which um, I was very thankful for.
0: Now see if you can top it. What's my birthday? Oh,
1: see, this is the problem, people. He's so good at finding stuff, and
0: he's. A- see, and you couldn't take credit for these. I see. That's why we had to talk about it now. Oh, so to your I- birthday. Uh-huh. So in case months later,
1: yeah, mm-hmm.
0: we were talking about the records. You couldn't say, "Well, I found this X record," uh-huh. like yeah. you, like you did. In another episode, you took credit for other birthday records that I found for you.
1: Well, you know, I, have, I think it was, I think I it was the Deviates har- record. You mm-hmm.
0: took credit yeah. for finding. I
1: have a horrible memory, and sometimes it slips, but it doesn't make me any less grateful. So.
0: I thought you were saying great. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make me any <laughs> less great. You.
1: So thank you. So that was that was fun. So yeah, we've been having a good time try- locating records and getting oh, yeah. records, and.
0: It's been a lot of disappointment too. I
1: know finding some
0: great stuff Ugh. and then it's like moldy or warped, yeah, or both, and they still want twenty-five dollars for it.
1: Exactly. If you're if you sell out there, please just check the condition of stuff. Maybe take a a minute or two and just try clean. to clean them. I don't understand. I just I mean I get it if you're you have a record store and you have hundreds and thousands of albums, but at some point. You, you had to you, get them in, so... Yeah, so
0: you look at them when they come in.
1: Right. Please.
0: Like, when you have um, a copy of Poison's Look at The Cat Dragged In, and mm-hmm. it's covered in scratches, you don't want, yeah. like, 20 bucks for it.
1: I mean, that wasn't a detail because of the title of the album. <laughs> yeah, it's like... And, it, and it's,
0: like, it's not even, like, a, a first... Pr- I'm talking about one I saw. Yeah. It wasn't even a first-press enigma. It was a l- later 80s capital re- pressing. Yeah. And it's like... So I found the original sleeve and it's like, it's covered in scratches. I oh, actually yeah. snatched it up right before guy got out there. We were flipping through records uh-huh. and I was like talking to I, like, yeah. I was like, I just look over your shoulder and we're like, oh, how much is it for? you? That's the poison. I was like, and yeah. was like, oh, you snatched. And I'm like. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, so we have been having a good time. But yeah, if you are out there and you sell, just take some time and clean up some things. Um, it would be greatly appreciated. And some of the ones that they do try to sell out there, or ones that are clearly have come from a basement that have been sitting there for the last
0: 30, 40
1: years, and they smell horrendous. Yeah, they you can't s- sell those for well, the price that's yeah, going you, asking price out there.
0: I mean, if it smells like a basement, you know, try cleaning it, air it out, put a uh, dryer sheet, dryer sheet inside. Dryer sheets are great. And bag it up for like weeks, and you know, it'll sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. That's true. But, but always, those
1: are little tidbits out there. Yeah, if you don't know, if you if you're digging and you find it, but those always is always and,
0: and always trying to price your stuff accordingly. Please. Of course, of course, you want you would like to get you know the value for something.
1: But that but doesn't
0: if it's not in down. the top condition, you gotta yeah. accept lower. And we've done that. Like we have some stuff that we sell. They're top titles. They're not top condition, and they're priced accordingly
1: right absolutely yeah you can't just look online and say well on discogs or ebay this is the last one that closed out well you don't that might not be the condition of yours
0: yeah that could have been like mint and it's 50 bucks and yours is look like a truck ran over it
1: absolutely so just be cautious out there and you know we all make mistakes because we're all human Yeah. with that when you do find a good album Pull it out, check the condition of the album, check both sides, yeah. check the... And
0: pull it out of the sleeve all it the out way. Pull the
1: sleeve all the way. Because I
0: found another T-Rex mm-hmm. for Bobby. It was the U.S. Light uh, of Love, which is zip yes. gone. And I pulled it out halfway, because I bought some other records from the same seller and this stuff was in great shape. So I pulled it halfway. I was like, wow, this thing is in great shape for the price. Mm-hmm. Got got home, pulled it out all the way. The other <laughs> half of the record was inc- was the most was so incredibly warped. Yeah. It was unplayable. Yeah, I tried playing and then it was just making the needle bounce everywhere.
1: Yeah. So just just, you know, check. Check. Be cautious. It gets exciting sometimes when you're out hunting and you're just like, oh my God, look what I found. And then you're like,
0: Oh God, I, Pull it out? I, it's I, not I even the right record? No. Well, not the right record, but I got some Inveil um, Malmstein records on Friday. Yes. And I knew the covers had wear on them. Uh-huh. But when I got them, I'm like, these are a little more worn than I yeah. thought. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they might end up in the store at a discounted price.
1: Yeah. So keep I an eye might, out, out there. I might,
0: I, might, I, don't know, I might just keep them, too. I don't know.
1: But that's um, a couple other tidbits. Maybe we should do, like, a whole little tip tip episode
0: well, about hunting. We could do that. That would probably get us some feedback. People going, you're doing it wrong. It's not what you do. That is true. Like, but, you're an idiot. You guys don't know anything. Well. Like, well, we do know we're just not anal retentive about records. It's like, end of the day, they're just records.
1: They are. They are. But. So, yes. So, have fun out there and. And dig in, and hopefully you appreciate what we have dug and put out there on our page. Yep. So, but this brings us to why we came on. This is, we're going to do a little intro to the...
0: This is part two. Yes. Of the Andy Gang Interviews. Yes. And if you, like I said, hopefully you listen to part one. Mm-hmm. So in part one, we were, inter- Karen and I were interviewing Andy. Mm-hmm and on uh, outside of a flat that was on top of a funeral home yeah. then the interview it started raining so we were moving inside mm-hmm. so this episode picks up when we're inside um so we're inside talking to Andy now um i think it's in this episode and mm-hmm. some and maybe the next one you hear um um kate get mentioned kate mm-hmm. was Andy's wife at the time they were separated okay So if you go, who's Kate? That was his soon to be ex-wife. Soon to be ex-wife. Okay, so they
1: were separated in the yeah. Okay.
0: And um. And so. We're talking. So we interview Andy, and you can hear some people in the background because it was a party, and you can hear it was um, a couple of the members of the the group, the Medieval Babes. It was their flat, Mm -hmm. and there's one point you can hear this one girl say. Something about, she's saying something about food and she comes in the kitchen and you go, Oh no, they ate it. <laughs> it's, it's one of the medieval babes. I can't, I can't forget which one it was, but you hear her make a appearance. No, it's funny. Um,
1: so, in case you're wondering who yeah. that other voice was in the background.
0: Yeah. So, in this um, bit of the interview, Andy's going to talk about the sex hang drummers Rob Stroud and Nigel Preston. Um, Nigel had, had, I'm not going to go into it because I think he talks about it, so I don't want to ruin it. The compilation albums, his um spoken word album, his first one. Um, he has a really interesting little Nick Cave fact. Oh. Um, he talks about his his early influences. Okay. Which includes. Mark. Mark Bolin.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and he goes over his one big regret.
1: Oh.
0: As of. Two thousand two. Okay. Um, he may have one another one in the next 20, <laughs> yeah. last, last twenty years, but in two thousand two, his he had one big one regret. One big
1: regret. Oh, so listen out for that, friends.
0: And at the end of the interview, you hear someone come up and talk to Andy, mm-hmm. and he um, tells Andy that um, Karen and I are cops.
1: Oh, that's funny.
0: Um, so that voice is um Rob McCliment, and he was the engineer on Andy's veil. Oh, not. Ve- yeah, he did work on the Veil album and the Bastard Art albums. So, so we have an interview of Rob
1: uh-huh.
0: in episode in part four of this series.
1: Now, what made him think that you two? He were was just cops. joking. He was just joking. oh oh, I thought like maybe like no. he was paranoid, thinking no. you two were the no, we
0: cops. no, he was just making a joke. <laughs> so if you hear this guy come with the interview, telling you well, who's this guy, it's Rob McClammett, who, right, who will go. be in part four. All right, okay. who gives you know some honest assessments of the Andy albums at the time? Oh, okay. There you go. I mean, he's, he's positive, but also realistic on some. hmm So, without any further blubbering, this yes. is 80's Sex Gang Part 2. Part 2. Pick
3: up again with Rob Stroud. Rob Stroud, um... I spent... He was the most loyal, the first member of Sex Gang and the most loyal. Um, and, um... I worked with him more at first um, on, on the drum thing and uh, because I, I felt that was the key to everything with the music at the time. He, he was a great, he was a great guy. I have every respect for him, I really do. Um, limitations, he has limitations which Kevin does not have. Um, so Kevin is a natural next step up from that.
2: Uh, but I,
3: I speak of, of the very first lineup, I, sp- I speak most highly of Rob I really do. I think he was the most important member of that first lineup. He really was. And I learnt a lot from him. And I hope he learns a lot from me. I mean, my sense of um, ambition with beats and changing things and... But at the same time, he introduced me to the music of the birthday party and, you know, The Fall, you know, who he loved as well. So he opened my eyes up to a few things, you know, as I hope I did to, to him. You know, the more hardcore stuff like The Pack and Before They Became Theater of Hate and Crisis, bands like that, you know, which I was into. Crisis, have you heard of Crisis? There was, um, before Death and June, there was Crisis. Crisis when they were communists, Death and June then became sort of fascist, but...
2: They still made great
3: music.
4: Next question.
3: Oh, Nigel. I would say, out of all the sex gang members, I learned more from him than I did. I saw that's what I remember. Um, He was like, um, it was like having a real professional in the band, you know.
2: Um,
3: Great drummer, great drummer. And I don't know if you know, but he, he, I mean, he died, he passed on. Heroin overdose. So fucking sad. Such a waste. He was a great talent, you know. Great talent. Unfortunately, a victim to um, that awful, awful fucking waste of waste of a drug, heroin. You know, shame. The play with children and the DG. Apologies. Uh, what are
4: your thoughts about
3: play with children? Uh. Most of it's um, from a live gig, which I thought was alright at the time. In retrospect, I think uh, the sound is not so good. But what I know now, I didn't know then, as with anyone. And uh, now I would not have let that thing be released. But at the time, I thought it was okay. Now, I don't really stand by it. I did at the time, I thought it was okay. Um, Ditchi compilation. That's kind of like um, a version of the um, Beast single compilation, which was only released in Japan, I do believe, and uh, with the exception of a couple of added tracks. A valid compilation. Um, It had not been released in America or Europe terrestrially, and as beasts. Uh, so, as DC, it was, it was re released um, terrestrially. You know, Sets Gang, I've never really had um, global simultaneous releases. It's always been sort of, you know, in certain territories and then a few years later released in the other territory. And it's never really been global and simultaneous. You know, we've never really taken care of our careers. Which is not a good thing, I suppose, but uh, at the same time, I'd rather, I'd rather fucking, I'd rather fucking be a wild card, a loose cannon, than be a fucking swat, you know, that takes care of, you know, and so fucking perfect about taking care of their career, you know, and so fucking anal, fuck that shit, you know, fuck that. No, no. Then you don't make the music that you need to make, perhaps, you know. Next question.
4: As you know, I got in a rope I it very much. I was so
3: fucking impressed by what you did, by, by the way.
4: Thank you. And that's only two
3: tracks, so I'd be interested to hear what you could do with others, but...
4: First at the spoken Word album and that sort
3: of fun. Yes, yeah, um... Mm, mm, I had been asked before to do a poetry book over the f- from various different people, previous years. And I thought, poetry, you know, I'll grow a fucking goatee beard, you know, and I'll, I'll take myself really seriously and live in Brixton, you know, even though I don't need to. But I was living in Brixton because I had to. I lived in Brixton because I went on the run from the police. Uh, I was living in Battersea before. And um, I lived there because I couldn't, because it was a safe place to lose yourself in. Not because I liked the place, I couldn't stand the fucking place. But Brixton now is like full of, and always has been had some people who like, sort of go there to like be poets, you know. So when I was approached by you know, doing poetry, I just thought, fuck that shit. But in America, this guy, Brian, from Cleopatra, and uh, he said, you know, over here we do, we, we, you know, we, um, we do spoken word with music. And I thought, that's great, you know? you know. So, yeah, I did it. And that was my first thing. I'd written poetry. I always have written sort of things that you'd call poetry, but years before. And, but that was my first time to do that. And that album was done, ri- written... The music was written as I went along, as I was doing it, and uh, never rehearsed, never... And it was done in like six days, the whole album. Recorded, all the music was written, recorded and mixed in six days. And a lot of the spoken word stuff I ad-libbed as I was doing it, you know. There was uh, one time in one piece, there was like all these paper clippings on the wall, for whatever reasons. And uh, in the vocal booth, and uh, I just ad-libbed and took stuff from that and, you know, rewrote it. It's great to do that, it was, especially after a very long, mad and hard tour of the U.S. It was a great release, you know, it was better than, was better than fucking sex, you know, it really was. It's great to do that. Next question. Question songs for
4: children. Uh, was that Which one's that? songs for children.
3: Oh yes, 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 I remember that.
4: You an old or what was know, no, 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 no. It was um,
3: it was stuff that was um, it was stuff that was done in uh, just after the Medea sessions. <laughs> I mean, the Medea sessions were um, I spent the best part of a year in the studio making that album. Well, it was more than an album; it was like two albums worth of material, and uh, some of it's never been released. Um, and uh, some of it wasn't right to go on the Madeira album, and I had it released as Western Songs for Children. Uh, it's like a mini album thing. And
2: uh,
3: what can I say about it? It was um, when I was actually um, th- this guy Jack that I wanted you guys to meet and talk with. Um, Jack Adams, he was uh,
2: um,
3: George Cornell's nephew, you know. His uncle was shot by Ronnie Craig, that guy. He was running the studio at and uh, I remember when mixing the stuff for Western Songs and I was like, I, I just had like CID and these police, you know, detectives turning up, you know, inquiring about, um, well, I was trying to finish his fucking, you know, mixes for this, uh, these sessions, um, turning up, asking questions about Jack's other, you know, you know, involvements in illegal things, you know, which she was doing. And I was just like, I just remember saying, fuck's sake, Jack, you know, I'm trying to, how the fuck can you put me in that position where they're turning up to the studio and, you know. So I remember that about doing that.
4: That was for Yes. How did that?
3: Come about they're working with Cleopatra, and there. Um, the Cleopatra thing was um through this guy Peter Childcraft, I think it was through him. Or um, well, he did the deal. I don't know. Anyway, the guy sent the pig's had to. Um. Yeah, it was. It was. I hear they dealt with it. Or I can't remember how the contract with Cleopatra came about.
4: sorry the music for medea yeah uh, how did it come about um
3: the same as any other piece of music that's ever been involved you know it comes in a second or 10 seconds or
2: and then maybe you might spend a month
3: or six months working on the actual arrangement of the piece but it always comes in a second and uh it comes about because of the way one lives their life. I never sit down and practice these things. Fuck that. It becomes it it becomes something because of the way you live your life, and that's it. Like any other album, it's no different to that. Medea is an expression of you know me at that time, and
4: that's it. Gabriel on the Golden
3: Horn. Um, I've never heard of that one. <laughs> never heard
4: of it. 1997. I, I discount
3: that album. I disown it. I really disown it. Oh, yeah, why is that? because I I do because um, it ended up being a horrendous affair. It really did, and I ended up working with people on every level. Engineer Mick Rossi, the company. Um, devils, the fucking lot of them, and I just, you know, I just felt these were like whores, they were like real whores. You know, they're like people who not only steal your wallet, but they deny it and then help you look for it, you know, these sort of people, and... And for me personally, somebody says to me personally, I don't give a shit, because I can walk away and, you know, I'll, life is ahead of you, isn't it? But when it comes to music, that's something different, and... Uh, so I felt very bad about that situation and the relationships with all those people. And they were involved in something that was very precious, the music and the album. And I just disowned it, I disowned it. I've never, heard, I've never listened to it. I've never listened to it since I've recorded it. So I don't know what it's like. It might be okay, but I've not listened to it. I just disowned it like I've never done it. I recycled some of the best lyrics from there and I've used them since over the years. I've disowned it. I have you know. <laughs> <laughs> Next question.
4: You tell something about the launch party? <laughs> <laughs> what you
3: about? That was a good launch party.
2: Um,
3: it was an, it was really good. A lot of people a lot of good people. Well that's a real actually that's a good question. That's um that's a good and antidote to say the last thing the Golden Hall Gabriel Golden Hall which was uh, not a good thing really and uh, this was a situation in the Veil vale where, vale where a lot of good people came together for the right reasons and gave everything that they had and contributed in a really positive way and they made a special event um, Kate organised that sort of, you know... Um, and before she actually sort of took hold and organised it, um, we thought, OK, we need it to be something like this. And and I spent a couple of months beforehand scouring round Covent um, Garden and all around London looking at buskers. You know, not buskers, I mean, playing Bob Dylan songs, you know. Fuck that shit. Um, I mean, sort of people who performance art buskers, you know, and thinking, that is interesting, you know? And and I thought they'd be right for the launch, so gathering people like that. And some of them we didn't use, a few of them we did. Um, but Kate organised and Kate organised all that and, and really pulled it together. And then and then she said... So we had all these people who just got involved for the right reasons, and a lot of them were ex, um, you know, like, or in young years, Sex Gang fans, and... Uh, but Kate said, um, it'd be really good if we get some Harry Christians down there. And I went, if you can pull that one off, I said, that would be a real coup d'etat, a cherry on the icing of this incredible cake. And and it she did, she pulled it off. You know, it's like, just imagine an audience of, of Goths, they never smile, and many Gothic audience. And, um...
2: You, you know, you, you've got some guy oh, who's um, on a
3: table okay. on the stage with a Spotlight and his ass is painted with a mouth and, you know, and it's moving his arsehole like this, just like in that John Waters film, which was like, to me, it was like reliving my most favourite movies. And uh, he's miming to a song and then he starts to eat a Mars bar through his arsehole. So, okay, and most, you know, most sort of fetish goth people sort of think, yeah, okay, yeah. that's not so unusual. And then they see like tango dancers, you know, it's like totally real, t- two tango dancers just going through the audience with a spotlight on them. And you think, they think that's bizarre. But then when they see like 24 or 26 Hare Krishnas just snake, s- like a snake in train come through the audience, banging their drums and singing Hare Krishna, and that's just their jaws just dropped and that was a great thing to witness and if you can it's like as john would have said if you can shock the liberals then you know you're onto something you know, don't don't shock the uh, the people who have conservative values if you can shock the liberals or the extreme then you've got them and that's what the launch did i thought it was great it was like a freak show comes to town but that was them i think that was right for Viol. Would never do it again. Would never try to, um, mm, never try to uh, replicate that or surpass it even, if it could be surpassed. Never was that do that.
4: Representative
3: of the Veil album, music itself. I think. Well, no. I think it was a good um, way to represent Veil. I wouldn't say it was repris- It was representative in a way, but in a very light-hearted way. Veil was about very bizarre experiences. And comedy is a good way to put across a sense of pathos or drama as as any other medium, surely. So the actual representation of that album with the launch was in a very light-hearted, not light-hearted, but in a very bizarre, uh, well, light-hearted bizarre way, very, uh, you know, it wasn't really, it wasn't serious, it wasn't, you know. I mean, for fuck's sake, then you'd be getting into Tears for Fears territory. It's like, oh, fuck off and get a life, you know. It's like therapy, therapy, you know, fuck off. Vera was about all these very occult experiences. Um, fuck that, you know, it's like, if you, the launch was like, presenting the bizarre in a very colorful and entertaining way, rather than a very sort of, you know, Self-indulgent way because fuck that. Um,
4: 1999, 2001, we saw a pop-up, faithful covers, demonstration, Last of England, The Wrath of God. Just you know, look at that, that's quite bit of work. You know? and, uh, it's what? It's quite a bit of work. And, what, and they're all distinct from one another. What, what what was the driving force behind doing such a You know these
2: wonderful bursts
4: of um, recordings.
3: Expression. Everybody expresses. Everybody wants to express. Everybody. And uh, sometimes you get an opportunity to express, you know, you get an outlet, an opportunity to express, um, you know, sort of like everybody could, everybody could say a million things within a week. And you don't, you know, sometimes you get an opportunity to do that. And I suppose that was a, An opportunity, I I, I mean, I was into, also, I was very into the idea of putting a lot of uh, recorded output because it had been so sketchy in the past and often years in between each release and I just felt there had to be a burst of... um, But fuck it, I always feel like... I, 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 I could put out five albums a year, personally, Everybody, if they were making music, could put out five or ten albums a year, they could. Everybody feels the same sense of want to express. They really do. You know that.
4: Has Faithful cover something you had been wanting to do for a while and simply didn't? Since
3: 1980-something, um, I've wanted to do, I wanted to cover a an artist I admired, one of my favorites or whatever. But that would have always been Piaf or Dietrich. Um, I, I mean, I was put off before because some people sort of said to me, oh yeah, but you know, Mark Ormond has done that, uh, Jack or you know, with like blah, blahs. You know, Nick Cave covered Leonard Cohen because Leonard Cohen was the first thing I wanted to do. But Leonard Cohen, I introduced Nick Cave to the music of Leonard Cohen. No history book will tell you that, music history book, but that is true. Um, and he's like, fuck it, I should have just done it anyway, but I didn't. So, um, this guy, George Kimpton Howe from Dress to Kill, he said to me, he said, he said, why don't you just do what you've always wanted to do? And I went, okay, yeah, fuck it, why not? And uh, he said, you know, choose an artist, do it. Choose one of your favourite artists and do it. And um, I thought about... Um, Edith Piaf and I, and then immediately I thought that's too obvious and I have already covered one of her songs anyway um, and Mal Dietrich and I thought and then I thought Marilyn Monroe because uh, I love her too I think she has a beautifully sympathish voice and then and then I thought mm, no, and then Marion faithful
4: no. <laughs>
3: I thought that, and her choice of songs, was more of a challenge and less obvious, but I also admire her incredibly. That should never have happened, that should have been a 90s Sex Gang album. I was fucking pissed off about that, set the record straight here, I was really pissed off. I was pissed off with George about that
4: after
3: that was fall which would also come as a- no the fall, album,
4: was fall no, album fall album the singles no sorry, the third, that that I'm was sorry, a total
3: what? sanctioned official release yeah
4: right, yeah right. um it there was on on fall there was a nick cave cover on nick, cave. nick, nick drake, drake he just said that yeah in my head. yeah black eyed dog and what inspired you to
3: Somebody gave me a tape of uh, Nick Drake and I heard this song and I just thought, oh my God. And uh, I loved the song. And then uh, George came to hell. Um, it, was, it was so strange. Uh, but Ten days or two weeks later, after I'd heard this fucking tape and this song, George came to hell and I was in the office and we were just sitting and chatting. Working out ideas and things, and uh, he said, um, he said that um, he was um, thinking about putting together an album of like you know, with you know Wayne Hussey and uh, I think Hugh Hugh Cornwall from The Stranglers and a host of other people um, doing Nick Drake songs, and I just thought, fuck, you know, I said I, I just you know listened to it and I said. Uh, and he wanted me to do it, and I said, well, I said, if you put this together, I will do this song. And I said, I wanted I wanted to record it anyway. I wanted to record this song, Black Eyed Dog, because I totally loved it. And uh That album never came about, but I was I I, I said I'm I was going ahead to record it anyway, because I was gonna record it full stop. And uh so I did. So it could have ended up on a compilation, but um I was gonna record it anyway for for my own purposes. I just love the song, it's great. When I heard it, it, and the original version is just like a, it's an acoustic and a vocal thing, a voice, you know. But um, it reminded me of early Seska Children. And that sounds really pompous, but, uh, and this is a guy who wrote the song 20 years before, whatever. But uh, I just thought it was great. Had a great feel. Help yourself, please.
4: Now, when you were starting out,
3: uh, what were your influences? Actually, starting out sort of like uh, to do music professionally. Um, Theatre of Hate, well, The Pack, Theatre of Hate. um, Dirk was White Sox, the first Adamant album. That was a Bible for a lot of us at the time. But as a kid before that, I'd loved uh, Mark Boland, well, before that, Edith Piaf, because I grew up with her records. My mum had Tom Jones, piano, uh, Johnny Cash, who I loved. F- I grew up with these records. I just thought the most brilliant, brilliant music you know, ever done. Um, my own sense of discovery was um, The Kinks, uh, Mark Boland, Roxy Music, David Bowie, all these great things.
4: What uh, influences you now?
3: Anything that's, uh, anything that breaks balls, because,
2: because, because
3: that really pushes boundaries. Now you'll
4: be releasing a new Sex up children album, bastard art.
3: I'd say it's um, it's it's very much an album with a different attitude than um, stuff that's been released before. And it's very much a doctrine, more so than, uh, you know, a lot of the other projects I've done in the last few years have been, have been more of a personal, based upon a personal bent, um, in one way. And this is very much a, whereas in admiration of other things, this is very much more of a, a doctrine of, um, of that mirror thing, where you put yourself up as a mirror to make people look and face themselves, whether they fucking like it or not, but face up to what they are become. So it's an indictment, it's much more of an indictment. It's not a collection of songs, it's not a, it's an album It's an, of, of indictment upon what we are now as, as, as a racial species, you know.
4: Thank you. That's for the prompt. How does it feel to have been reporting have be for twenty years? It'll be the anniversary.
3: Um, it came in went, I suppose. I I didn't really think about it. I didn't even notice it, you know. Kevin, kind of like said, oh my God, you know, 20th anniversary coming up, you um, should do something. And all very good, valid ideas, but my mindset was not kind of so much on that, you know, it was more focused on this new album and uh,
2: time just, you know,
3: it's just like, it, it flies by when you're having fun, what can I say?
2: You mentioned you, know, this, you had distribution all over the world, however uneven, uh, but like most things that demand to be
4: heard, people get hold of it and they listen to it. How does it feel to have a sort of worldwide audience listening to the music?
3: I could easily say if they listen to it the right reasons, that's fine. Um, And then I'd probably think about it and think I still stick by that. If they listen to it for my reasons, that's fine. I mean, you know, I actually don't give a fuck what people think. I do, but I don't give a fuck what people think in a superficial sense. I don't give a fuck. I don't make music. I do not get involved in anything. Because of what because i i feel it should please other people or myself especially no way but at the same time if i follow something through by the right laws because it's true i and that's what i always try and endeavor to do um then i believe that people that will hook onto that will do so because they they see a truth in it. And then if, if that's the case, then I do care what they, I really do care what they, they feel or think about what has been done, I really do. And you need that feedback. But um, it's not done to cater or to please people. No way, fuck that. What is done is what is done. What people listen to is what they get. They can like it or not. Do you
4: have any regrets?
3: Yeah, I do actually. I have one big regret. Um, one time, I was in Berlin, and uh, before the wall came down, and uh, it was the one chance I had to go to the eastern block, and the wall was still up and i didn't do it i, I was in bed for three days because um we'd been tear gassed on stage and uh, um i kind of went into the middle of this tear gas bomb that was from the stage and sucked it up in order to um fuck off these guys who had thrown it who were standing at the back laughing and I ended up in bed for a couple of days. And I still could have got out of my bed and fucking done it, but I just didn't bother. And my big regret was that I never, because I just never thought the war would come down. I thought it would be there next time. I can see the communist side of things next time. And it didn't happen. The fucking wall came down. How dare they? So um, the Iron Curtain fell. My big regret is not seeing that. That's the one big regret. This is perhaps why I love Dresden now, because even though the Iron Curtain's fallen down, there is still a sense of these very sympathish people um, who are struggling um, to keep hold of humanistic values um, in a world of free market economy, which is very hard, cruel, and cold. Yes, they can buy Levi's designer jeans, they can buy Coca-Cola, you know, But I mean, it's like, uh, so fucking what? It's like, they have lost, you know, they have lost um, the security of social life, a job, a house to live. uh, And they have to, like, be untruthful and deceitful in order to make a buck. And and they believe that that's the philosophy that they must follow. And they have a a contradiction. They have a problem with that because they have been brought up with uh, thinking, no, we must go you realise these two are cops don't you they probably well, are you realise these two are cops don't you yeah I figured that they I figured are. that they're going to be in my new sitcom <laughs> bye bye everyone bye bye see you later bye bye And i see you soon see you later guys we'll keep like in touch the
2: own, um, email yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: Okay.
0: and that brings us to the end of part two of the Andy Sex Gang interviews yes. hope you learned something found something interesting
1: Yes, and enjoyed it.
0: Enjoy it. Oh, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed it. <laughs> um, if you want to know more about Andy, you can check him out at mm-hmm. com or com or com or liberationlondon.bandcamp.com. So many. I know, and he's all over social media. Okay. And he had a, has a new album out, well, newer, I think it came out I don't know, was it early this year or late last year called um, Da Da Degas. Mm-hmm. And Check it out, check it out. Darcy. But more importantly, than his websites,
1: bittersweetandtwisted.com
0: and bittersweetandtwistedrecords.com.
1: Yes, yeah. Did I mess that one up? Yes, I did. Oh my goodness, that's why I, mean, I never say it. I mean, they both lead really to the same thing, but <laughs> right. Um, then go on there and you'll see, or go see our link tree.
0: It takes us to our link tree. Literally,
1: take us to our link link tree, and therefore you can go no and check out our either. store and our merch, merch.
0: all of our um, listening links, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yes. Um, we probably won't be putting up any more episodes on YouTube because
1: just not enough people are listening to YouTube. I feel like it's yeah. going on the wayside, which and it's just, saddens it just it just takes
0: a lot of time to get it the, uh, the podcast. Mm-hmm. Formatted for it. Okay, the formation. Uh, sound it sounded like was sound like having a stroke there for a second. It did. I completely forgot my words. Um, that would have so been awkward. I made it through the episode of this big migraine headache, though. I
1: know, I'm really impressed with you. I know, it's I good felt job. like.
0: There's a certain point I felt like crying, but. Mm,
1: well, now you can.
0: Okay, I'll do it once we hit stop. There we go. Um, <laughs> but we're going to get on out of here and yes. watch a movie. Yes. And we will see you guys in a couple weeks with any sex gang part
1: three part three yes
0: and that will be followed another two weeks with the final part
1: part four
0: the final chapter (laughs) Ooh! and then two weeks after that maybe bobby will be ready to do her mark bone and t-rex
1: yes we could at least start it anyway because that would be exciting
0: and if not i have another plan on the back burner I'm not going to tell what it is yet. Ooh. I already told you what it is.
1: Okay. So we're going to keep it hush-hush for listeners. Keep them. it hush-hush
0: because some prick will probably steal my idea.
1: Yeah. So thanks for listening. Uh, remember, check out um, all our other
0: links. Links and fun stuff. And
1: yeah, listen to some other episodes if you haven't. Um, if you're enjoying oh, oh, the Andy and, one.
0: And check great. out our Spotify playlist that goes along with this. Because yes. it'll be full of Andy and mm-hmm. related artists talked about in this podcast
1: yes absolutely check oh, that out it's usually they're always um great playlist yeah
0: and we'll have some t-rex on there and some yes. runaways too
1: nice stuff all right stay safe out there we'll catch you next time Bye. bye